Welcome to Therapy in the Wild. I'm your host, Heather Pincelli. I'm a mom of three chaos creators, aka kids, and a licensed therapist. Don't let the cool title and fancy letters behind my name fool you. I am as real, raw, and unfiltered as they come, both in my personal life and in my therapy office. Strap in and strap on for some brutally honest conversations where no topic is off limits where we play, laugh, and bring fun to the forefront. Let's get started. Hi there. Okay. Wow. We have a podcast. So for those who don't already know me or haven't caught the intro, I'm Heather, a licensed mental health therapist and a mama to three. And more importantly, I'm a human, a human doing this crazy thing we call life right alongside you. I started this podcast as not only an outlet for creativity for me, but also for you, my fellow human. My hope and my goal is to provide you a safe space for fun, laughter, smiles, and inspiration as together we go behind the scenes of the traditional therapy office. I hope that by sharing my story, it inspires you to take the action in your life to where you're living your life intentionally, where you come off autopilot, and perhaps you don't even realize you're on autopilot, to become the author of your life's story, to know and firmly believe that your past doesn't define your future. It can if you let it, and I'm here to walk alongside you, to encourage you to become the author so that your past doesn't define your future. So here's a fun couple facts about me. I am a recovering perfectionist. And some days, I'm not in recovery. (laughs) Some days, that perfectionist side of me, oh, it wants to just grab hold and do the thing it does, where it needs to know the path and plays it safe. And so this podcast is really edgy for me because the reality is I don't know all of the answers around this podcast. I don't have the ending in sight. And to do that, not only in my own personal life, but in a very public way, oh, it is edgy. And yet here I am. And part of the reason is growing up when I was a little girl, I can remember always desiring to be a psychiatrist. I became a therapist pretty close. But remember those Dear Abby columns? I used to think, ooh, I want to be like Dear Abby. I want to have one of those columns. And as technology has shifted and pivoted and changed and the newspaper isn't really such a thing anymore, and I turn to my close inner circle of business colleagues and friends this idea of a podcast came up. And initially I was like, absolutely not, people. (laughs) I just wanted an outlet for creativity. And as I sat on it, I was like, no, this is absolutely what I'm doing. And I'm giving myself permission. I'm going to lead by example that it is okay to just play with things and not have it all figured out to put one foot in front of the other. So here we are. So recently, 
I heard this, this poem and one of the main takeaways was that in our lifetime, women are a thousand different versions of themselves. And I just loved that. Like, yeah, I am a totally different version of myself now at 43 than I was at 15, 20, 30. And thank goodness, right? I was not the best 20-year-old version of myself. But I loved the, the part in the poem where it said, we women are a thousand different versions of ourselves. And to love all of those versions. Mm, I just love that. And it felt like permission, right? Not that we need it, but it certainly just felt like this reinforced permission of be a continuous new version of yourself. Give yourself permission not to have all the answers or to know what's next in your story. To view yourself and your future in the world as this amazing place of excitement and opportunity as you're building the next level version. And that's what I ultimately grabbed hold on about the podcast was let me build the next level version of myself while getting to know all of you. So let's talk about how did I get to where I'm at today? Well, for starters, as I sit here right now and record this first episode of this podcast, I'm 43, a solo mama with a 13 and a 16-year-old at home. Yeah, basically I'm deep in the trenches of teenage years. And some days I love it and other days I feel like I need to tap out and uh and yeah, do something different. <laughs> Isn't that parenthood though? Like some days we love it and other days we're like, who said I was qualified for this? <laughs> but here's the thing. Honestly, my world is amazing. It has bumps and curveballs and I'm still really human and on some days I'm even more human than others. And yet, when I look at the path and the journey of where I've come from versus where I am now, I just, it's like pinch me, right? Pinch me, I'm dreaming. Because I had this vision of what I used to think I would desire and like my life to look like. And it looks even better than I imagined in my wildest of dreams. But the path required that I took action, that I took ownership of where I was playing a role in my life not being what I desired it to be. And it took guts, scary, gross guts of just jump, being willing to jump off a cliff, right? Having that faith that I would catch myself and knowing that I was willing to do things different than what I had done before. So November 3rd, 2014, it was my very first day of this position that I had worked so hard to get. It was like my bucket list, or at the time in my mid-30s, what I viewed as my bucket list job. And you know, the pinnacle, once I get there, everything will be great. And I finally nailed it. I finally got the freaking job. And I show up on my first day and I'm sitting there and I'm counseling clients and on my lunch break. I check my phone, and at the time I was married, I check my phone, 
and my husband says, I got fired today. (sighs) And I can feel the emotions coming back up even now. Because in that moment, I knew what that meant. I had been through this before. He worked in a very um, temperamental climate where it was common for companies to lay people off. He's an environmental engineer and it's just really common. And I had gone through this before and I knew what that meant. I knew in that moment that not only were our finances in jeopardy, but that the odds were we were going to have to move from Wisconsin where we were living at the time. And I finished my day out and I went home and we had all sorts of conversations. And ultimately, sure enough, he took a different job that was outside of the state of Wisconsin. He ultimately took a job in Oklahoma. And because of the dynamics of where our family was at that time, including finances, he went alone while I stayed. I continued working my dream job, took care of the three children we had at home because at the time our our oldest son lived in the house. He's now an adult. Put the house up for sale and did all the wifey and mother things to prepare to move sight unseen from Wisconsin to Oklahoma. And I remember sitting there and begging, please, anywhere but Oklahoma. And I didn't actually mean anywhere, but Oklahoma had no appeal to me. And so he left in January. And in May, school ended in Wisconsin, and I had successfully closed on and sold our home, packed our stuff up on my own with no help. And during the time that he was gone, from January to May, so five months, he started a new job in Oklahoma. He's found a new house for us to move into. He's working on closing on the home. And I start doing things I had never done before. I started checking our phone bill, our Verizon cell phone bill, going through and looking for numbers while my gut, my core was just saying, my intuition deep down just knew something's not right. I called him on more than one occasion and said, please don't have me uproot our children, these children, and give up my job that I've worked so hard to get to move us states and states away from Wisconsin to Oklahoma just to have an affair on me. (sighs) Gosh, my nervous system knew something was up. And that behavior on my end, it wasn't a one-time thing. I did it multiple times in the course of five months. There was a time that we saw each other. He came home to, to visit with us, if you will. And I remember going through his phone, something I had not done ever. And in May of 2015, I hadn't been in Oklahoma for more than six weeks. And my phone charger had broken. And life was just so busy that it was at the bottom of my list to get a new phone charger. And so my ex-husband at the time, husband and I were sharing a charger. And so he would put his phone on the nightstand on his side of the bed at night. 
And when my alarm went off in the mornings, I would take his phone off the charger. And really what was happening is he would grab his phone and take it off the charger. And I would put mine on. And one morning, he didn't take his phone off the charger because he didn't hear my alarm go off because I had woken up prior to my alarm and decided, F it, I'll just get up. And I walk over to his side of the nightstand and I pick his phone up and I take it off the charger and I see a text message that says, really, this is how you're going to treat me? You moved your family here for me. You promised me we were moving in together. This is what you're going to do to me? And in that one text message, that one moment, I knew, I knew this was not a wrong number. I also knew it wasn't an affair that started after he obtained the job in Oklahoma. He sought the job out. He seized an opportunity to get a job in the town that his mistress lived in. Oh, gosh. Talk about going to bad places. The move was already not good. We were already, my kids and myself, we were already not doing good. And then to find out that there was no way I was staying in that town and in that state, absolutely not. So I knew in that moment, don't even bother unpacking anything else because you're not staying. I didn't know where I was going to go. I just knew I was not staying in that city, that town, that house. And here's the thing. It's painful to know all of the details. And then to, to look at myself and own. Heather, you knew something was up. Your gut was telling you. Your nervous system was telling you and you chose to ignore it. Oh man, is that hard. And so as the days unfolded and the fog began to lift, I began to see just how deeply I had lost myself. It was the first time in my adult life that I really realized, whoa, I knew I was not happy in my marriage. I knew that. For a long time, something, things didn't feel good. I wasn't happy. It felt like roommates. And I would say that all the time. It feels like we're roommates. I knew that I was longing and desperate for other things, but I didn't stand up for myself. I didn't choose me. I would state my needs over and over and over, and they would fall on deaf ears, and I would just keep going. So the more that the fog began to lift and I realized, whoa, I have no real identity other than that of a wife and mother. And I began to spiral into deep, dark places. And it was in the quiet of the night, one particular night. And I called a therapist friend of mine and I just let everything out. And in that moment, I knew that choosing him in my marriage was basically killing me. And I knew in that moment 
it was time that I chose myself. And I had never done that before. I didn't even know what that looked like. I just knew it was time to choose myself. And I made the decision to leave my marriage. And I did not want to make that decision. I was so afraid. And yet the moment that I made the decision, even though I was super afraid and unsure of how in the hell I was going to support myself, the moment I chose myself, I could feel the literal weight come off my shoulders. And the unfolding of my marriage was painful. And yet it honestly was the moment my life changed in the most magical ways. Ways that I could never have dreamed in my wildest dreams. And here's the thing. Do I wish that I could have learned this lesson, the lesson of choosing myself and not losing myself without the painful demise of my marriage? Oh, hands down, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, do I wish I, I, I could have learned that lesson without basically being hit by the truck, right? But the reality was, it took this Cat 5 hurricane to get my attention, to really get my attention. I had had plenty of, if you will, tropical storms and category one, two, and three warnings. And I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to face the truth and face it. I just ignored them. I ignored it all. Okay, so for those who aren't familiar with the Cat 5 and Cat 1, 2, and 3, categories. Category one, two, three, they're hurricanes. That's my Florida side coming out. (laughs) A category five is generally uh, really bad and destructive. And that's what it took for me to allow myself to see my life for what it was versus what I kept desperately hoping it would be. So in the last eight years, I've learned a lot about myself. I've become a much better therapist because I dove in, all in on me, and I did my own healing work. In fact, to be totally honest, I took nearly three years off as a therapist because I knew that I really needed to go all in on me. And to do that, I couldn't sit with clients in a counseling office and effectively serve them as a therapist, which that's a story for another time, but I'll just plant that seed. Anyways, One of the more immediate lessons that began to show itself as I left my marriage and I started to unravel the hurt and trauma and pain of what my life was, was just how much energy I had been putting into trying to keep my marriage together. So much energy that I had nothing left for myself. I had become a shell of the person that I was and didn't even realize it. And now I'm back in the therapy office. And as I sit with clients day in and day out, this theme of putting so much energy in everyone else and having nothing left for yourself is such a common occurrence. Nearly every one of the women I see, some men, but women especially, have lost themselves, lost their identity. They can't pinpoint the what or the why, but they tell story after painful story of how they have no community or feel like they are faking it or have no time for for themselves. They have lost the joy and passion from their life and they feel hopeless, lost, desperate. 
What I realize is that my journey is so similar to so many. It's almost like a rite of passage to get married, do the white picket fence thing, and then have something that wakes you the hell up as you decide you simply cannot and are not willing to do this anymore. What I would love for you to know is you have full permission to become a new version of you a thousand times over. You don't need a reason or a tragically painful event to have a reason to make a change, to forge a new path. You don't need to wait for the Category 5 hurricane. You can simply decide that you want to take control of your life and make changes because it feels good to you. As you listen to this podcast and you hear the story, I'm curious, what came up for you? Is there something that landed with you or caused a light bulb to flitter? Or maybe that light bulb came full on and is blinding you. What areas of your life do you feel are on autopilot and you are ready to start intentionally piloting? Choose one and take an action towards that. It doesn't have to be a massively crazy jump off a cliff. It can be small, a baby step, if you will. Just ask yourself, what's one small step I can take towards choosing myself today? Thanks for listening to Therapy in the Wild. Go be wild, my friends. 